All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth-building market insights. Schreiber, and this is Bull Bear Radio. It's episode number 68. Hey, Don Schreiber, retail sales are roaring higher. Uh, what's this mean for the markets? It's good for the markets, man. It sounds to me like maybe the consumer has, uh, you know, the sentiment is improving. Consumer's back in the game, baby. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we've seen retail sales recover, auto sales have recovered, housing starting to pick back up. This is the strongest retail sales growth since 2017, up 1.6%. Growth in uh, all uh, in 13 of 14 categories. I mean, uh, pretty strong. Retailers up 2%. Uh, uh, you know, clothing sales were strong. I mean, um, really, uh, a pretty, pretty good re- retail sales looks pretty awesome. But um, you know, what else is going on good here? You were talking uh, a little bit about the good, the bad, and the ugly here, Don. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, someone reminded me of one of my favorite movies, Clint Eastwood, "The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly." Here, uh, uh, trade deficit you know, shrinks and it uh, big provided a nice boost to GDP about 1%. Uh, so, you know, economists are kind of chasing some of this good news to try to increase their estimates for GDP growth. That's a really good uh, change in conditions. You know, they're rushing to increase forecasts. That's awesome. You know, retail sales caught uh, economists napping and trade deficit shrinks. You know, could it be, could it be the trade deficit is shrinking because the Trump trade policies are actually working? Could be, man. And, you know, the Fed is has laid off the, the, the brakes here with both feet. So, you know, that's been uh, probably one thing why we've seen a little bit of a reseller, reacceleration in some of these things, wouldn't you think? Yeah, you bet. I mean, some of, some of the green shoots that we're seeing, you know, with the Fed backing off is, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> retail sales, as you indicated, recovered auto sales. Oh, my goodness. Everybody counted auto the auto companies basically dead on arrival. Auto sales are recovering nicely. 3.1%. And, yeah. And housing sales, the housing sector has got some new life in it. Yeah. Uh, and, and hey, earnings so far this earnings season haven't been that bad. Most companies have met expectation or beating. There's been a couple of doozies out there, but, you know, companies are doing a little bit better than the experts think, right? According to facts that analysts' expectations were wrong again, too negative. They lowered the bar too far, and earnings surprises are running above trend, meaning more companies are reporting above trend. Uh, expectations than normal. And and it was close to about 70% on average for the last few years. So above that is really strong. And uh, one of the things that's happening is, you know, you might have noticed that, uh, you know, stocks are up a little bit. 
Yeah, you know, you you would think on some of these like retail sales and and such being a little bit better than expected, earnings being a little bit better than expected, the market would actually be running a little bit more. Um, but it seems like investors are still trying to climb their wall of worry. Everybody's worried about you know uh, the market, but it looks like from all points or 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 signs are pointing to. This market may be moving a little bit higher. I mean, there's some stuff that you were talking about there that uh, that were headwinds and negative news. You know, it looks like it might be subsiding. Talk to me a little bit about that for a second. Well, you know, so the trade deals, uh, uh, the the chatter, you know, from Washington and uh, Beijing is that uh, you know the the uh, you know uh, two presidents are looking to come together uh, sometime in May and. Uh, Inca trade deal between China and the U.S. Awesome. Uh, Europe, uh, you know, uh, when Trump threw out the $11 billion on, uh, of tariffs on, on autos from Europe, you know, the European uh, Union got together and, you know, they, they don't want that to happen. They'd like to make a deal. Um, you know, uh, some of President Trump's, uh, uh, you know, uh, political uh, motivated problems from the Democrats is looks like it's coming to an end. The Miller probe has ended and we've got the Miller, uh, Mueller, Mueller report, Mueller yeah. report out there. And, you know, it doesn't look like it's uh, damaging to the president. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm really closely watching, it looks like, you know, uh, the Brexit, uh, you know, referendum to me, uh, Looked like it was ill-advised, you know, uh, from the get-go. Mm -hmm. uh, but now Brexit's delayed until November, right? The European uh, Union has uh, kicked allowed, the can down the road. Yeah, once again, alla allowed Great Britain to uh, move this uh, date out till November. It was supposed to happen in June, and because there's been no agreement, that looked like a complete uh, minefield for the uh, the. Uh, the British and the, and the uh, colonies, you know, the economy was going to go right down the tubes. But, you know, that looks like that's going to be delayed. And I think that there might be a more positive resolution there than the experts think, too. Yeah. So um, one of the really big surprises was China's GDP unexpectedly jumped. Yeah, 6.4% in instead of 6.3%. That was pretty good. It's still above 6%. So... Wait, it's been trending lower, lower, right. lower, lower. So now it's trending so. higher, which is great. So these are some really great things that are definitely, you know, out there. But at the same time, right, we have this slew of IPOs, Lyft and Pinterest and Zoom, you know, all are coming to market here. They're all burning cash. In fact, the Fangs, you know, have had some, uh, you know, problems of their own. And, um, you know, they're looking expensive, too. I mean, you have an average P.E. of 70 on these stocks. I mean, it's 69 and change, but it's close to 70. Facebook's got a 23.6. Amazon, 98.4. Netflix, 128.4. Uh, Google's Wait, 128. 128.4 times yep. earnings. Whoa. Yeah. That means that, that, means that and they're, they're burning the, the price. Like the, oh, my God. They're burning That's cash like crazy. They had record subscribership, you know, uh, this past uh, quarter or whatever it was. But uh, actually, subscriptions were down in the United States. They missed estimates. They grew, but they missed estimates pretty substantially. 
I think estimates were around 600,000 new subscribers. They come in, came in at 300,000. They need the subscribers, you know, to to be able to generate content and attract more uh, folks, pay for more content. Um, so they've got some problems, and they've got some uh, you hey. know, folks gunning for them. Yeah, you know, the FANG uh, uh, trade, you know, that uh, tech growth and momentum trade has been the leadership that has dragged the market higher for the last five years. But that leadership's gone soft, man. You know, those yep. FANG companies are overvalued, very reminiscent, deja vu all over again for 1999 with the IPOs coming to market. You know, no earnings, no problem. You know, these stocks are getting bid up big time have multi tens of billions of dollars of value. They're not making money yet, you know, and Facebook's in trouble again. They released 1.5 million users information uh, uh, unexpectedly to, uh, you know, posted it on the internet, I guess. Um, so, you know, I think the FANG trade's a little bit overblown and um, got some problems. So, you know, without leadership, you got to wonder where the market might be going um, so far, it's kind of inching higher, even with good, uh, better than expected earnings news. I'm not seeing the market blast higher here, you know, um, in this earnings season. So, um, you know, and the companies that are that are uh, coming out and missing, you know, like, uh, oh, some, a, some you know, of there's them are even really missing. Some of them are just like, uh you know, uh, they miss ever so slightly on revenue and they blow away profits, yet they, they're down, uh, you know, because they missed revenue. I mean, it's ridiculous. And they're getting really smacked hard uh, because they don't uh, beat uh, on both counts, revenue and earnings. It's surprising to me. But it just goes to show you how fragile, you know, the market conditions are. So while there's a, a, a growing uh, trend of good news, you know, the market's still been in a uptrend for 10 years without a major pullback. Yeah, well, maybe, yet. Maybe, yet. It's, maybe it's got the fang funk at the moment. So I'm going to leave you with that, and we'll be right back. Don't wait another minute. Now you can get instant access to Bull Bear Radio from your Alexa or Google Home device. Simply say, Alexa, play Bull Bear Radio podcast. Or, okay, Google, play Bull Bear Radio podcast and sit back and enjoy. Subscribe now so you don't miss an episode. All right, and we're back. So if you don't get the podcast, uh, you know, hey, Alexa, play Bull Bear Radio. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on uh, Twitter, Bull Bear Radio, WBI President for me, WBI CEO for Don. And so uh, the Fang Funk, man, if, if the, the market loses the leadership here, that's a problem because you have uh, the companies like the, they used to be the leadership, the financials, the banks, one of the biggest, baddest sectors has, you know, pretty good revenue despite low interest rates here and huge profitability. So what's the rub here, man? Why are we marching higher? Like a lot so, higher. Know, Why are we skyrocketing here as we're getting positive earnings in and positive revenue beats and probably going to end up maybe in positive territory with some growth instead of negativity? Why isn't this market shooting higher? 
So, you know, the bank's a big, big, big part of the sector, systemically important to the U.S. economy and the U.S. taxpayer. This is really important. And, you know, not not only can't the banks uh, get a bit higher in terms of prices, even though they have good earnings beats and they're doing pretty well, you know, it's Fed monetary policy that's to blame for that. They're caught in quicksand. They're caught in the quicksand of Fed monetary policy. Interest rates are remaining low because GDP growth is really soft. You know, this idea of a 2% trend rate GDP mm-hmm. and, you know, economists talking about that that is the potential for the U.S. economy is much to blame for banks' problems, performance problems. You know, lower interest rates make their interest rate margin spread really a, a, a tough deal. They're not making as much money on deposits they don't make as much on loans. And uh, not only that, but low interest rates and low growth curb uh, loan demand, not only from individuals, but most importantly, from uh, companies who don't see a path for, you know, faster growing sales and the need to, you know, expand, uh, you know, plant and equipment, etc. So, you know, it's the U.S.'s most important sector and it needs to regain its health. And until we get more growth, GDP growth, which has got to come from infrastructure spending, um, and that comes from the U.S. government, not mm-hmm. from the Fed, right? Right. Um, and I think that the problem there is that Congress is a toxic cesspool. Oh, wait they a second. They can't get out of their own way. They, oh, don't, like they a, don't do their job. It's like a swamp, they, as one, yeah. one man would, would allege. All, all they do is uh, poke at each other, try to make each other bleed, and not give in on anything. And I think the U.S. Uh, voters should go out in mass and, and, and let you know their congressmen, doesn't matter what party, know that they're really dissatisfied, that they're not doing their job. Well, Infrastru- infrastructure spending at this point in the U.S. recovery is absolutely necessary to kick this thing into higher gear. We saw that with the tax act. And as the benefits from the tax acts wane, you know, I know the administration's plan was to get an infrastructure spending bill of about a trillion dollars or so, you know, to keep this economic engine starting to grow and it'll grow long-term if we get it. If we don't, we're in quicksand. Well, you know, uh, you were talking about bleeding. Speaking of bleeding, I mean, J&J, United Healthcare had some pretty good earnings. And, you know, the sector's still bleeding. Uh, down 1% for the year for S&P 500 uh, companies in, in, that are classified as healthcare. What's the deal, man? This was a, a great quarter in Q4. It was like a defensive sector everybody loved. And now in Q1, it's it's completely flip-flopped. What's the, what's you know, the, the deal? The healthcare sector is another you know, political hot potato, baby, you know, uh, as long as they're going after or changing, you know, the rules of the game, get rid of Obamacare, uh, and curb the amount of, uh, reimbursement that they have for, uh, uh, f- uh, prescriptions, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be tough for the healthcare companies to make money. I actually think that, you know, uh, having a two tier, pricing system, one in the U.S. and one outside the U.S., is unbelievably unfair to U.S. Uh, 
uh, consumers. So I think that that's probably a good thing to do. But, you know, you can see the bank trouble that we were just talking about really play out even in more severe fashion with Germany's top banks. They're, the top two banks, Commerzbank and Deutsche Bank, are basically failing. They're in real big trouble. They're talking about combining them, you know, and uh, not only can't the banks win there uh, in Europe, they've got negative interest rates, which creates an untenable business condition for them. Mm -hmm. And I think that the casualties are going to increase and, you know, that's going to leave them no place to go, but, you know, government bailout. And that's at a time when uh, Euro GDP is really slow half a percentage growth rate and getting slower. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they got their central bankers are out of bullets. How are they going to deal with a recession or a crisis when they're already at negative interest rates? Now now you're starting to scare me. I mean, I talk to a lot of advisors, right. And clients on a day-to-day basis. And one thing that really is striking to me is people don't get the simple math, not only of what's going on in the world, but just what makes you successful as an investor. I mean, we're talking about a lot of things here that are going to potentially affect your investments. As Don and I have been saying, it seems like it's going to set up as a stock picker's environment. You're going to have to manage risk to capital over the next few years as the market might move higher. But you have to understand the importance of the sequence of returns here, guys. You know, Q4, you had the S&P 500 down almost close to 20%. Don, you and I do this a lot. We talk to a lot of investors and advisors. What what answer do you usually get? If you lose 20%, what do you need to get back to even? Well, most people think it's 20%. They think the math is, you know, a one-to-one relationship. You know that if you lose 20%, you had $100, it goes to $80, you need 25% gain to get back to even. And that's why markets haven't recovered, S&P, other markets, they haven't recovered from uh, the fourth quarter. And people I mean, you aren't know, looking at up, that. They're up nicely this year, you know, but they haven't recovered from the fourth quarter. So, that means that investors who had money on the line still haven't gotten back to where they were they before the they, fourth they, quarter started. They almost think they did because, you know, you can see asset flows in the industry trying to chase returns at the moment. So they think the 14% got them back to even. Nah, man, we never got back to all-time highs. In fact, by the way, 831 of last year was the high for Russell 2000. And Don, how much do you think Russell 2000 uh, is above water at the moment? Well, it's not above water. It's oh, below water. You don't think so? I think I think it's still down about 10% from it, the high. It is. It's, it's teetering every day right now on correction territory still. It was down just through a day or two ago when I checked it. 9%. That's because it was close to being down 30% last year from peak to trough. So that means you... St- if you're only up, you know, teens this year so far, you got a ways to go, bub. Um, it's just, it's mind boggling to me. Just because the calendar year shifted and you look at your calendar year return last year doesn't mean down four on the S&P. You didn't lose a whole bunch of money from peak to trough potentially. And you, you flip the calendar year this year and, you know, uh, you know, people are chasing those returns again. You have to think about, I think, you know, uh, uh, your investments more like you do your house. You know, you think about your house in, in dollars, man, I bought it for a million dollars 
and either it's worth a million dollars or it's not. And if it's if it's not worth a million dollars, you don't sell your house, right? And if it's worth more than a million dollars, you consider, you know, selling your house. So I, I don't understand, you know, why people are so focused and hellbent on returns when the returns are the thing that impact the capital and the capital is really all that matters. You're 100% right. I think that that's the, uh, you know, uh, industry and the uh, media uh, essentially, you know, try to game uh, investor psychology to get them focused on return because that's the way they built their products, you know, to deliver return in up market cycles. Mm -hmm. And what do they tell? What do they tell investors? Don't worry about the downside. Ignore it. You know, in in fact, that's really, really bad advice. We know it investors know it and they just have to keep a diligent conservative mindset you know the important thing here that we're talking about is that you know in the u.s things are getting a little bit better than what the experts thought we've been talking about it for about the last four or five podcasts that we thought earnings would be better than expected that we could have a one quarter first quarter slowdown in GDP, it looks like that might even be modest because we've got some, you know, uh, wind in our sails. You know, GDP uh, was up by 1% because of the trade uh, balance that we have, moving more to exports than imports, which gives us more growth. And, uh, you know, we got retail sales, we got all this stuff that's moving good. But let's not forget that the U.S. is one the largest economy in a world system. Mm-hmm. And the problems that are outside the U.S., especially those in Europe that we just talked about, are going to impact the U.S. economy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, China had a, uh, according to their published uh, growth rate, 6.4, which you have to take with a grain of salt. Um, maybe they have started to, because of their massive monetary and fiscal spend, they've uh, started to grow their economy again. If those things are true, then we could have, you know, uh, just a soft patch that turns into, you know, some more growth. But we've got to get growth, worldwide GDP growth, U.S. GDP growth. And U.S. is the biggest growth engine the world has right now. Even even more important, I believe, than China. And if we can reaccelerate our growth, because you know, uh, for the first time in ten, maybe fifteen years, Congress would do the right thing and do their job instead of positioning for political power and gain. We might be able to get the economy going, and we might be able to avoid another crisis, which looks like it might be building uh, without additional growth. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, uh, those are good sentiments, uh, uh, Don, here, and, and, and I think we've brought some really good concepts to the podcast this week. I hope people enjoyed that, and uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again in two weeks' time as uh, we're going to be uh, taking one week off for uh, the holidays here. So this is kind of your, your holiday episode, but, you know, spring break's coming. So uh, enjoy, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. 
Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time. And there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations, services, and fees are in the form ADV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments, Inc.